Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all moving lower as a decline in trading revenue at J.P. Morgan Chase sends bank shares lower. J.P. Morgan Chase shares, they're now down by 2.5%. S&P 500 index down 6 to 2406, a drop of 3 tenths of 1%. The Dow is down 53, also a drop of 3 tenths of 1%, while NASDAQ is down 27, a drop of 0.4%. The tenure up 3.30 seconds, yield there 2.20%. Gold up 6.90 the ounce to 12.69. That's a gain of 6 tenths of 1%. And West Texas Intermediate Crude down 2.6% to $48.34 a barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Every day, every day, every day I read the book. Every day. In the beige, we'll be able to discuss Stella instead of uh, beige. Scott Brown is uh, going to help us figure out what's in the beige book. We're learning about the economy with this report today. Scott Brown is, of course, the chief economist at Raymond James and joins us right now from Florida, presumably sunny Florida. Must the tropical yeah, storms have swept through. St. Pete and a bad place to be. Um, uh, Scott, what do you see when you look at this page book? Anything uh, jump out uh, surprising you? Uh, nothing really surprising. Very similar to the previous one. Growth still generally described as modest to moderate. Uh, labor market's getting tighter. That's the key driver for Fed policy. Um, inflation pressure's not really there. That still gives them plenty of time to raise rates. They don't have to be in any rush. So I think it's all consistent with another move in, in June. We still have a little bit more data, uh, ISM manufacturing tomorrow and then the uh, May employment numbers on Friday. But that's um, very unlikely, I think, to uh, really turn over the apple cart ahead of the, uh, the mid-June uh, policy meeting. Hey, Scott, uh, the conversation this week among Fed uh, speakers has seemed to gravitate towards inflation, very much talking about uh, uh, price indexes. So what do we need to be in tune to going into uh, our June meeting here as it regard as it pertains to inflation? Are we going to get anything here uh, as far as uh, clarity for that picture? Because that seems like it's definitely in the focus. Well, uh, you know, the numbers are, are generally, you know, choppy a bit in, in the first part of the month. A lot of firms will try to raise prices at the beginning of the year and see if they stick. You've had a lot of talk about a reflation trade, you know, following the election and improving global economy. And there's sort of mixed pressures on, on commodity prices, but nothing that's really going to really lead to higher inflation by the time you get to the consumer. Uh, if you look at the consumer price index over the last year, you're still not really seeing you know any inflation at all in stuff uh, mm-hmm. you know the uh, ex food and energy just look at the commodities part um, that's that's actually trending negative still year over year uh, the pressures really come in in services notably rents and health care which have been rising you know faster than overall inflation uh, but you know you look at the, sort of the, the pressures within the pipeline uh, nothing too unsettling you know despite the, the the tight job market we're not seeing a lot of wage pressure. You've had some increases in the minimum wage at a state level, uh, but nothing that's that we've you know the kind of wage inflation that we've seen in the past. Uh, so it's you know it's a, still the same old story for the Fed. You know they're they're trying to get towards a more neutral policy position. Uh, the low inflation numbers suggest that they they need not be in any hurry to do that. 
Uh, we've also got these consumer numbers that are getting to be troubling. We've seen a lot of the retail results, but we see this, this mention here of the consumer spending is slow. And I wonder, you know, indeed that it's softened, to use the direct word from the Beige Book. And I wonder what you make of that. We've, You know, like I said, we've seen that in some corporate results as well. It's not a good thing. Yeah, and in particular, you know, you just came through the Memorial Day holiday, which, you know, you get a lot of sales promotions. And uh, I went to the mall this weekend, and it, it was pretty dead. Me too, 50% uh, off of the gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, people, you know, consumers have been, been sort of, you know, geared to buy stuff on sale um, over the last, you know, couple of decades, and they've been increasingly shopping at, at you know, Walmart and, and, and Kmart and so on. But uh, the malls really aren't aren't quite where where it's at. And I think, you know, when you look at the middle class, there's still a lot of constraints. Uh, you know, if you don't own your home, you're renting. You're you're paying higher rents um, than you did before. Um, you know, the health care costs. I mean, one of the things about the Affordable Care Act is that it led to more health care consumption. Uh, so people might go and find that they had a condition that they had to treat with a you know a, a pill on a regular basis, and you know that that uh, takes uh, out of some of their disposable income to you know that they would normally spend on other things. So that you know, all those things could be a factor, uh, but there's this real mix, and you see it in, in things like the, uh, the Michigan Consumer Sentiment numbers, where you start drilling down and you find there's still this huge difference between uh, you know uh, Democrats and Republicans. Those who are leaning Democrats are expecting a recession. Those that are leaning uh, Republican tend to see uh, an economic boom ahead, uh, and you know that that's a very wide difference. We tend to think of workers being more in line with the Democrats and, and business owners more in line uh, with the Republican Party, and so you get more business fixed investment and maybe a little bit tighter uh, reins on, on consumer spending growth. Um, Scott, if we use the economic data as sort of our – in a hypothetical scenario in which we're investors and the only input we have to make decisions is the economic data because I want to try and phase out the sort of Trump stuff and whatnot. Um, is it clear what's happening in markets is reflective of the data where you have near highs in S&P 500 and then you have also overall the trend is uh, in the past month or so has been stronger bond prices as well? I mean what here within the economic side tells that story? or does it move beyond that? Do we have to bring in the other stuff? Well, a lot of it is expectations, particularly after the election. Um, you know, the stock market's been fueled by, you know, the, the Trump agenda that we're going to roll back regulations. We're going to have this broad tax reform. We're going to have a major infrastructure spending. And I think even with the one-party rule in Washington, it's going to be very, very difficult to get that agenda through. Certainly broad tax reform is nearly impossible because nobody wants to give up their particular deductions. And if you add all those deductions up, it's about, you know, one and a half trillion dollars per year. So you may not get broad tax reform, but at least you can cut tax rates at some point down the line, uh, maybe later this year or the part of next year. So uh, you know, I think people sort of factoring in that full Trump agenda are going to be disappointed uh, mm-hmm. because even even if it were fully enacted, you know, you're still looking at the labor market constraints, which are really going to be binding growth from here on out. You know, this is a different world we're, we're in now compared to previous decades, where you had the baby boom generation coming in, you had you know, female participation uh, in the labor force increasing. Those trends are well behind us. So you're looking at the, the underlying pace of growth in the labor force. Uh, less than a third of what it was before, and now you're right. talking about possibly limiting immigration as well, which isn't helpful. A lot of things up in the air. Scott Brown, thanks so much for joining us to sift through it. Scott Brown, he's the chief economist at Raymond James. A lot here. Even though it's a quiet day, we still got beige book and feeling some good conversations about the economy here. I'm Oliver Rennick and Bloomberg, Corey Johnson in San Francisco. This is Bloomberg Markets.